listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy, and once again, I am alone. Caleb is sick today, Um, so I'm going to be doing this alone again. But I think I'm going to try. I'm going to try my hardest to keep this one kind of short. I'm going to do a review of the interface, the audio interface that I use to record this very podcast that you guys are listening to right now. Um, it is the Behringer Euphoria UMC 404 HD, which is, I don't know why, I don't know why Behringer or, or these companies name things the way they do, like their, their model numbers, but they're very confusing. Um, Behringer's pretty good at it, but a lot of companies, very, very confusing. Um, but yeah, that's the audio interface. So the audio interface is the device that takes the signal from the microphone and does some electronics magic and puts it into a digital signal via USB that goes into the computer and into your DAW, which in this case is Adobe Audition, which you guys, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, can see recording uh, behind me um, on that screen. So this thing, we're just gonna get right into it. This thing has four XLR input. Well, actually it has four inputs. Uh, via XLR and quarter inch TRS combo jacks on the front and they can be switched between line and mic level so that's really cool Um, also I didn't realize this until the other day but the quarter inch is actually isolated from phantom power so if your phantom power is on and you go plugging a quarter inch jack from something line level into it you're not going to hurt whatever device is down or upstream I guess and you're not going to hurt the interface itself. Uh, I didn't know that. I was actually kind of scared to, to do that the other day. So I actually plugged a quarter inch jack with like one end cut off and like used a multimeter to see if there was voltage. And it's not, it's isolated. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Um, to the right of all of the input jacks are the levels. So you can, you have a, um, you have a volume level uh, dial. You also have a pad switch. I don't actually know what the pad switch does. The only thing I can think that it does is actually cut the the input level a little bit. So if you have like a line level coming in and it's really hot, you can hit the pad switch and it and it brings the the volume down a little bit. And you have a signal and clip indicator light. So uh, the signal light just tells you if there's signal coming into the channel. The clip light tells you if you're clipping. And you have another switch to switch between line and mic level. On the far right is a mono and stereo switch uh, that sends either mono or stereo signal to the monitors. Then you have a monitor A and B switch because it has two main outputs. Um, a and B, you can switch between, I guess, two sets of monitors or two different destinations for monitor output main and headphone volume dials on the front, uh, an input and playback mix dial. So the input dial or the input is talking about sound that's coming into the interface and the playback is sound that's coming into the interface from the computer. Um, So you can mix those together to send them into your headphone mix. And then you have the headphone jack. You have a MIDI in and out connectors. So the interface has MIDI uh, on it, it has MIDI in and out. Uh, the only thing that the only reason I can think of Behringer included that on this device is that the DAC chip that they used to build the thing had MIDI capabilities, so they were just like, eh, "Why not? You know, it's already there." Um, it has a unit power indicator, a 48 volt phantom power indicator, and we already talked about the mix dial. So, one of the things that I really love about that about this interface is that 
it has a whack ton of IO, like tons of IO, and it's tiny. It does it occupies maybe three quarters of a 19 inch rack space. Um, it's tiny. It's one unit height, so uh, one and three quarters inches tall. It's a really really tiny device, and it's only powered via USB. Um, so it's really low power consumption as well, but it has tons of I/O. So it has a USB Type B jack, uh, USB 2.0 interface, and if you don't want to use it for USB for whatever reason, uh, use it as a USB interface. It also has an, a five volt jack and when you get the thing it comes with a five volt power supply so you can use it that way if you really want to um like i said it has two midi jacks um so it has midi input and midi output and there's also a switch at the back to turn phantom power on and off and that actually leads me to two things that i really dislike about this unit uh first you have to reach around to the back to turn phantom power on and off, um, which isn't really a problem for the setup that I have right now, but if I were to rack mount the thing, like uh, make some ears, I think Behringer might actually sell ears to rack mount this. I know they do for the next version up uh, in this line of products, but they might make ears to rack mount this particular one. But yeah, if I wanna turn on phantom power and it's rack mounted, it's kind of a pain because the switch is on the back. Uh, and there's only one switch. So if you want phantom power to be on for one channel but not for another, you actually have to use an external device like a like an isolation transformer or some uh, some DC blocking yeah, DC blocking uh, capacitors or something like that to keep phantom power from going down the line to another device like a ribbon mic or something. Um, so you can't use like ribbon mics, old ribbon mics and condensers at the same time uh, with phantom power because you'll destroy your ribbon mics or you won't be able to use your condensers. Um, there are four playback outputs. So the playback, like I said before, is the signal that's coming like out of your computer through this device into your monitors. Um, so it has four, four uh, outputs. It has quarter inch jacks and RCA jacks, but you can't use both at the same time. So it'll default to RCA outputs. But if you plug something into the quarter inch jacks, it actually turns off its their corresponding RCA jacks. So you can't use, so technically it has eight output, like eight places to plug things in, but you can only use four of them. And I think you can actually only use two. So uh, two stereo channels, uh, A, B, or C and D um, at a time. Uh, and it has an AB selector switch on the front of the device. And then there's the main outputs. So you get uh, two balanced XLRs and two unbalanced quarter inch jacks. Just like the playback outputs, you can't use them both at the same time. If there's something plugged into the quarter inch jacks, it'll switch to that. Otherwise, it'll default to the balanced output. So these the main outputs what behringer calls the main outputs on these on this device is only for is only for audio coming into the device so it's only um, from the four inputs on the back if you plug if you put audio into it like if you're playing something back on your computer you're not going to hear it through the main outputs. You're only going to hear it through the playback 
outputs. So if you want to like switch in between both, you actually have to have an external like monitor controller um, so that you can switch between those two things. Um, and last, there are four channel inserts, at least on the 404. Um, the next one up is the 18. 1802 or 1820. I think it's the 1820. The 1820 does not have channel inserts, but the 404, which is the one I'm using right now, does have channel inserts. So what that does is basically, it's kind of what it sounds like. It basically, if you plug something into it, it intercepts the signal. So from the input through to the to the amplification and then into the DAC um, or the ADC, the analog to digital converter. Um, it intercepts that signal. So say I plug something into channel one, then audio would come in through the input and it would go straight out the back of the unit through my insert cable to whatever device that insert is. So like a compressor for a microphone. And then it would come back to the device already compressed. And then it would go to the analog to digital converter, then into the computer and be recorded in whatever DAW that I'm using. Um, and the which is pretty cool the 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 1820 which is an 8 uh has 8 XLR inputs uh I'll probably be upgrading to that unit in a little while I should have just gotten that unit uh to begin with but the it, I think it's like $250 and I didn't I just didn't want to spend $250 on it cuz I didn't know if I was going to use it all the time um so yeah, there's that. So the channel inserts are pretty cool. The 1820 does not have them, but there's a lot of workarounds for that. Um, most effects, like like if I was using a compressor for a microphone, most of those compressors are going to have a mic preamp in them. So I could plug the, sig the cable directly from the mic into the compressor and then just go into the input of, of the... Um, the interface so you don't actually need the inserts it's just a nice feature if you want to add something like a vocoder or something like that on one of the on one of the the input channels that way you don't have to mess around with preamps and amplifiers and converting it to line level and then back like attenuating it back to mic level to go into a microphone input and all that sort of stuff um, it just kind of saves equipment it, it basically makes it so that you don't have to use a bunch of equipment um, but like I said, if you don't have inserts, there's actually a lot of workarounds for that. One of the reasons that I picked this interface in particular, uh, rather than like a simple USB mixer, is because this interface and actually all of the Euphoria line support multi-track recording. So you may have seen it if you watch the YouTube version of this podcast on the DAW, on Adobe Audition behind me. There's these two red tracks that are recording audio waveforms. That's what multi-track does. So when you are recording, you actually have the option to separately re to record each individual input to its own audio track instead of it mixing it and then sending it to the computer. That's really nice when we're doing something like this podcast because we will actually, each microphone will actually pick up both voices, um, but obviously it'll pick up whichever voice is going, whichever voice like the microphone is pointing directly to, it'll pick that one up better. And then the other one will sound like it's in a hollow room full of 
hard walls, which is exactly what we're in. Um, and it'll just sound bad for the other person. So we use two microphones and each one is mapped to its own audio track. And then when I go back and edit the podcast, I just take out the blank spaces in each audio track so that you're only listening to one audio track or the other at any given time, most of the time. If Caleb and I are like trying to talk over each other, I'll usually put um, both tracks playback together and just crossfade them a little bit so that it still sounds, you're still not hearing the other person. Like you're still not hearing me in Caleb's microphone or hearing Caleb in my microphone um, because then it just sounds it just sounds bad. It just sounds like we're 10 feet away from the microphone and we're trying to like yell or we're not like speaking loudly or something like that. Um, so that's the reason we do it this way. This is one of the only audio interfaces that I've found for this price point that has all of this IO and has multi-track recording. So this interface uh, in my opinion, is absolutely excellent. It's $100 right now, I think. It's $99.99, at least it is on Amazon, or $98.99 or something like that. Um, and then, like I said, the next version up, I think, is $250, but that's because it gives you some more options. They, it, it's not, they didn't just stop at adding four more XLR inputs. There's a bunch of other features that that interface has, and if I get that interface, I'll do a review of that one. Um, but yeah, and I'm not being sponsored by Behringer. Like I'm not being paid by Behringer or anyone to say this. I bought it with my own money and I absolutely love the thing. Um, it's really robust. It's a steel enclosure. I think it's like 16 or 14 gauge steel uh, enclosure with, if I'm not mistaken, ABS uh, plastic caps. So it's basically like, it's basically like a steel tube. Um, and then with caps at either end for the IO. It's really, really solid construction. I actually took it when I did Friends with Hobbies. Um, I used this interface because it's just simple and lightweight and it fits in my backpack. Um, I took this interface with me and I ended up actually dropping it on my friend Dylan's like tile floor. And I was worried for a second that I would have like rattled something loose or cracked the casing or something and it just bounced. It just took it. There's not even a scratch on it. Um, and I opened it up and make sure that like the board wasn't cracked and anything. All the components are held really firmly to the board. The board itself is really thick. Um, so it's a super, super solid construction and it has tons of IO. It supports multi-track recording. It supports um, 192 kilobit kilobyte kilobit something like that 192 um kilobit bitrate recording which is insane um i still actually have no idea how behringer got this thing got so much stuff into one device for a hundred dollars so yeah that's it that's it for this week i mean we were we did have another thing planned we were going to talk about what were we going to talk about Oh, we were going to talk about things that we like. So, like, as far as technology goes, so, like, computers that we like, uh, programs that we use all the time, apps that we like, things like that uh, in terms of music. But Caleb was sick. He couldn't come over, so I had to. I basically had to put this together really quickly. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy. That's not my outro. Why do I keep doing that? 
You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening, and have a nice day. Why do I keep doing that?